Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. Welcome to the Bridge. What's up, guys? Yes. Hey, uh, we were in the leaders meeting earlier, and somebody said this, and it's like super heavy. You ready? This is the last youth group of the decade. Like that's that's legit. It's the last youth group of the decade because like next youth group in January, it's 2020, new decade. All right. Is you guys' minds blown by that? A little bit. Not anyone. No one care. Anyone care at all? I'm just kidding. Thank you, Jackson. So here's the deal. Like I'm just saying that to say like I really don't want you guys in the ne- in the next decade to be like, man, I really wish the last youth group of the decade, I just paid attention more. So I'm just gonna encourage you, man, like lean in. Cause you literally in 2019, in this decade, the 2010s, this is your last shot, okay? So just be ready, okay? Um, Would you guys mind if I just prayed and we're gonna dive into this thing? Uh, God, thank you so much for this day. Um, Thank you for these students and, Man, God, I just love you so much and I'm so excited for what you're gonna do. And I'm also just believing you're gonna do something really special tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So before I go on, I just wanted to uh, first off say I I don't deserve such an amazing introduction as Jackson gave me, so thank you for that. And uh, I just wanna encourage you first off, um, be praying for Jackson and Brianna because man, it's pretty cool that they're like, they're having a son. Probably next time you see them, they're gonna have a beautiful baby boy. And so just be praying for them as they enter into parenthood. I wanna encourage you to do that. Um, and secondly, I just wanna say that, um, man, I, I really believe in you guys a lot. And just during worship, as I was looking around, my heart was just so full of just joy and excitement, just seeing you all worship. And what I love about youth group is that, that people are all in like different spots, right? Like you can go through a lot of stuff in high school, you know? And I believe that there are some things in some, some people in here who like right now, like you just, you love Jesus so much and you're so excited about God and you just want to see God do amazing things in your life. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you to just like ask God to take you deeper. Because I know there's some people in here that that's your heart and just ask God to take you deeper because God has just so much more for you even than what you've experienced right now. And I also know there's some people in here who maybe like you're, you're like struggling with like a sin or, or like you're battling something. And to be honest, like in high school, I was like a lot of my high school, like I came to youth group and I went to like a Christian school, but I was like battling against sin. And it was like a time in my life where I was warring. And, and I just wanna encourage you to keep on fighting and keep on running back to God. God is not angry at you. God wants to help you. He wants to meet you in that place. And, and, and he's a God of victory. And so he's gonna give you that. And, and I also just wanna say, man, that maybe that there's some people in here who like, you don't even know if, if you believe in God right now. And, and you don't know sort of where you're at with everything. And, and I just say that I respect that. And, and I just know that even if you're feeling far from God right now, um, even if you feel like everything in your life is telling you that God does, it doesn't even exist or he doesn't care about you, like just keep on holding on. Don't let go because God loves you. And he does want to like just use whatever you're walking through. He's going to use it in your life. Okay. Okay. So, um, 
That being said, I know I just started off super intense. Sometimes I can do that. But um, I'm gonna switch gears really quick. Can we switch gears? Is that cool? Say yes if it's okay. Okay, cool. Um, it's almost Christmas. That's exciting, right? Um, I want you to really quick, um, I want like three people just to kind of like throw out what is like a Christmas present that you're like really excited about. It could be you asked for it this year or maybe it was like the most epic Christmas present ever. So th shout out a couple. Candles. Money. Candles. Money. Like paid for. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a lot of money. That's like upping money. Okay. What about like, does anyone have something that like when they were a, a kid, they, they like really wanted and they asked for, what do you got? Like a Nintendo DS? Like how, when, how old were you when that happened? And you were just so excited? Okay. I feel that so much. That's amazing. Okay. Um, if you want to and you care, I had a whole story that I was going to tell you about like my most epic Christmas present. Honestly, it's, it's not that great of a story, but you can come ask me afterwards if you really want to. I got to move on. I'm sorry because my time is already running out. But my point with all of it is um, Christmas is like it's a really exciting time of year. It's, it's the most wonderful time of the year, some might say. And one of the things that we kind of like think about when we think about Christmas um, is this phrase called God with us. Have you guys ever heard that in relation to Christmas? Everybody say God with us. In fact, if you're coming to Bridge Sunday, shameless plug, you should come to Bridge Sunday, last Bridge Sunday of the decade coming up this weekend. Um, they're actually doing a series right now called God with us. And I just was thinking about that, and that, that scripture, that idea is actually taken from this verse in Matthew 1, which is part of the Christmas story. It's up on the screen, you can see it. But Matthew 1.23 says, look, the virgin will conceive a child, that's Mary. She will give birth to a son, that's Jesus, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And so a lot of times this concept that God is with us it is talked about around Christmas time. But here's the point that I wanna to make to you in this message. I really only have one point, and then I have like five other points about that point, okay? So I'm lying when I say I have one point. But, but really the big idea of this message that I wanna throw out to you, and it's up on the screen, is this, that, that God with us isn't just the point of Christmas. In fact, it's the point of our whole lives. So if you're writing notes, write that down, that God with us is not just the point of Christmas, it's the point of our whole lives. In fact, if you're holding your Bible right now and you've ever thought to yourself, like, what is the point of the Bible? What's the story of the Bible? The story of the Bible is God with us. From beginning to end, that's what it's about, that God wants to be with his people. And so what I wanna to do tonight is I actually wanna take us in a little journey throughout the Bible. And I wanna show you how from the very beginning of history all the way to the end of history, it's always been God's plan to be with his people. Is that okay? Can we go on a little, a little journey tonight? Are you guys with me? I have the microphone, so you have to be with me, all right? You don't have any choice. But I wanna give you five thoughts. We're gonna go throughout the scripture. But the first thought, actually, let, let me just share my title with you really quick. My title tonight is this, A Brief History of With God. A Brief History of With God, okay? And I'm gonna take you through, through the scripture tonight. So if you're taking notes, we're gonna write down five things about this idea of with God. And the first thing is this, that God with us was at the beginning of history. 
God with us was at the beginning of history. So I want you to put on your thinking caps. If you've been around church, maybe you know this story that God created this perfect world. You know, Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he created this perfect world. And in this perfect world, he put two human beings, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, they had these, uh, th this perfect garden to live in where they worked it. They had this amazing relationship with each other. And, and God had really only given them one command, which is don't eat of the tree that I told you not to eat from. God gave them that command because he, he always wants to give us free will to either choose him or to reject him. But we know, sadly, the reason the world is screwed up is because Adam and Eve actually rejected God. And so they ate of the forbidden fruit. And that's where we're going to pick up our story. Look up at the screen with me. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says this. It says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing. Man, that's a, such a pleasant thought. Just the cool evening breezes. Isn't that a great feeling when you walk outside and it's fall? It's not sweltering and there's just cool evening breezes. And the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from God among the trees. So this moment happens right after Adam and Eve sinned for the first time. So they're feeling this immense shame and regret and embarrassment. And isn't that what happens with sin, right? Like the enemy tries to tempt you and it sounds so awesome and it sounds so tantalizing. But then the moment you sin, you're like, man, I feel so horrible and I feel so far away from God. Like, have you ever experienced that before? Well, well, this happens, and then Jesus, God actually starts walking in the garden to, to walk with them. And then because they hear God walking in the garden, they hide from God. But, but here's what I want to highlight, and here's what I want you to realize. That they heard the sound of God walking in the garden. In other words, they actually knew what God sounded like. And they hid from God, which means that they knew where God was going. And so what we can conclude from this is that the first two human beings in history, they like walked with God. Now, now I want you to listen to me for a second, because we have this phrase now in America or in Christianity, we're like, Jackson walks with God. Now we know that Jackson doesn't actually like take walks with God. We know that that means he prays and he reads the scripture and he has a relationship with God, right? Okay, Adam and Eve actually walked with God. Like they took walks like you would take a walk on the causeway. They talked to him face to face. And because there was no sin, they actually had this relationship with God where they would work during the day and they would do the things that God had given them to do for tasks. And they had, Adam and Eve, have, Eve had this amazing relationship with each other and they would enjoy the beauty and the awesome things of the garden. But then at the end of the day, in the evening, they actually walked face to face with God. This was part of what they were created to do. And so the reason I want to tell you this is because I want us to understand that even from the very beginning of history, Adam and Eve walked with God. That's what God had woven it into the fabric of the design of the universe. And we know that sin separated us from God. Sin separated them from God. And it kept them from being able to have that intimate face-to-face -face relationship with God. And this is where it leads us to point two of our, of our story as we look through this idea of with God. And that's this, that God chose 
a people to live with. God chose a people to live with. And so what happens is Adam and Eve, because of their sin, they get banished from the garden. And all of a sudden, humanity like they, starts to explode. Now, I don't mean human beings are combusting. That would be crazy. What I mean is like the population starts to explode, right? Like there's a lot of people that start to get born and start to be on this earth. And so they start multiplying and they start kind of spreading all over the earth. But God still wants to walk with his people. And so he chooses this people called the children of Israel. And he doesn't choose the most impressive people. He doesn't choose the most powerful people. In fact, he chooses this people that is enslaved to another people called the Egyptians. And he picks them and he says, I want to be their people. I want to live with them. And because I'm living with them, my fame and my glory are going to be spread to the entire earth. And so if you ever, if you've grown up in church, you know the story of like Moses and like the 10 plagues. Do you guys know the story of Moses and the 10 plagues? Give me a nod if you know what I'm talking about. That's how God delivers them from Egypt. But, but check this out. Imagine with me here for a second, okay? God delivers this people from Egypt and, and he's like, I'm gonna give you this land, this promised land, but all of them have lived in Egypt like their entire lives. And they're like slaves, so they don't necessarily have a ton of money or a ton of resources. They don't have like a GPS to get them from Egypt to the promised land. They don't have a Walmart to stop at and pick up a few quick supplies. They don't have Chick-fil-A to go for like post bridge hangs. Like they don't have direction. They don't have protection. They don't have food. They got nothing. So they're kind of like, what are we going to do here? But, but listen to this. Look at this in Exodus chapter 13, it says this, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. So this people, as they left, they would have been scared. They would have been frightened. It's like a scary thing to, like you think college is scary. Imagine like walking across the desert with just the clothes on your back and you don't even know where you're going. But, but in the middle of that fear, God was with them. And every single day there was this cloud that was the presence of God. And every single night there was this pillar of fire. And so God wanted them to realize like these people, they're not just taking like a road trip they're actually going on a journey with God. And God is walking with them. And so just like God was with Adam and Eve, now God is with this people. And in fact, God even took it a step further. It says in Exodus chapter 25, God makes this command and look what he commands them. He says, tell the people of Israel to bring me their sacred offerings. Accept contributions for all whose hearts are moved to offer them. And he says, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. So, so God actually says, hey, like together we're going on this journey. And, and on this journey, like you guys are in tents and you guys are like, when we sleep at night, you guys are going into your tents. And, and what I want you to do is 
I want you to make me a house so that together as a people, we're going on this journey. And God actually commanded them. He said that, that when you set up your tents, what I want you to do is I want them to face the sanctuary. I want them to face the tabernacle so that whenever you walk out of your tent in the morning, what I want you to realize is that the first thing you see is my house. And I want you to remember that, that I am with you right now and that you can remember that the God of the universe is traveling with you. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a crazy thing. And I want to encourage you right now that maybe you are like the children of Israel and you look out at your life and you're like, man, I don't know where I'm going in life. Like, I don't have any direction. I don't have a clue what next week's going to look like, much less what college is going to look like or what my future's going to look like. Well, I just want to encourage you that the best possible thing you can do is not figure out a five-year plan, is not like get on Google and like Google best colleges or Google best careers. Those things are great. You should do those things. That's awesome. But the best thing you can do is get close to God because God wants to go on the journey with you. Okay, so we've talked about Adam and Eve. We talked about this people that God lived with. Now I want us to move to part three. And in part three, I want you to write down this, that, that God dwelled with humanity in the person of Jesus. God dwelled with humanity in the person of Jesus. You see, what happens is that the people of Israel were supposed to represent God. And they were supposed to be this, this missionary people that whenever the peoples of the world looked at Israel, that they would see Israel and they would think like, wow, God is awesome. But unfortunately they didn't do a very good job of representing God, right? Like they ended up doing kind of a terrible job. And so because of that, God was forced to scatter them and was forced to kind of like go to another plan, but really it was the original plan and that plan was Jesus. And so this is where we get to Jesus and, and what we see with Jesus is that for the first time since the Garden of Eden, God is actually walking among his people. Listen to what it says in John chapter one. It says this, that the word became human and dwelt among his people. It says the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. And I want us to realize something like this is such a crazy and a powerful moment that the God that created all of creation the God that like literally is holding the planet together and holding the universe together by his power, like that God actually was born of a woman, put skin and bones on and like walked around. God walked among people. And that's the beauty of Christmas. That's the power of Christmas is that God had always planned, I wanna live with you. I wanna be with the people that I love. And so now Jesus is with us. And, and, and Jesus, he does a lot of things, right? Like, have you ever read the story of Jesus before? If you haven't, you should read the story of Jesus. It's crazy. He does a ton of stuff. In fact, 
one of the authors of, the, of, of one of the stories of Jesus, the Gospel of John, he actually, at the end of his book, he's written all these things about Jesus. And then he's like, these are only like, like 1% of the things about Jesus. He literally says, if I were to write all the things about Jesus, all the books in the world could not fill them up. That's pretty wild, right? Like, that's crazy. And so Jesus does so much, but the greatest thing that he does is really his last work is he, he goes to the cross and he surrenders his life and he lays down his life and he gets crucified and hung on a cross. And he gets crucified and hung on a cross, why? Because as we discovered in Adam and Eve and as we discovered in the people of Israel, our sin separates us from God. And so God took our sin in Jesus and he put that sin on his shoulders. And so every single sin that you've done, every single sin that I've ever committed, Jesus paid for that sin with the most horrible death on the cross. The reason was that you and I, we wouldn't have to pay for it, that we could actually have access to God. And there's this beautiful verse in, in Mark that actually kind of highlights this idea. And if you look on it, Jesus is hanging on the cross and it says, Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, what is significant about this? Well, we have to understand that, remember what I told you before, that the people of Israel, God lived with the people of Israel. Do you guys remember that? Say yes if you remember it. Okay, good. It was like one point ago, so hopefully, hopefully I did a good job. God was living with the people of Israel. But even though God was living with them, there was a distance and a separation between them. Because how did they get to God? They had to get to God by sacrifices. They had to get to God through a priest. And so they always had in their mind, God is with us, but there's a separation. And that separation was due to our sin. But the moment that, that Jesus dies on the cross, the temple veil was torn from top to bottom. And this is symbolic of the fact that now God is truly with us because our sins have been paid for. And so anyone who puts their faith and their trust in Jesus, like we actually get to have this intimate, close, face-to-face -face relationship with God, just like it happened before there was any sin in the world. Like, isn't that crazy? That's like such an amazing reality. And this kind of leads us to our, our, third, our fourth point. And this is, if you want to write this down, point number four is that Jesus dwells with us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus dwells with us through the Holy Spirit. Now, now what happens is before Jesus dies on the cross, he comes to his disciples and he pulls his disciples close and he's like, hey guys, I gotta tell you something. Like, I have to go back to heaven. And his disciples, like they're devastated. They're like, Jesus, like you're God. We've been walking with you this whole time. Like, like we love you, don't leave us. And, and Jesus said, here's the deal it's actually good that I leave you. And the reason it's good that I leave you is, is look on the screen at John chapter 14. He says, I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. 
and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and later he will be in you. Now, now everybody look at me for a second. I, I know like we've covered a lot of scripture, okay? Like literally we just did like 80% of the Bible in like 25 minutes, okay? Give yourselves a hand. That's pretty impressive. Like that's really good. Good job. Like you could go home and be like, yeah, we like learned about the whole Bible tonight. Like tell your parents that. We learned the whole thing. So good job. Congratulations. But, but, but I want you to see something here. I want you to see that with Adam and Eve, the original design, the original plan was that they would walk with God. And then they sinned and that messed up. So then God chooses a people and God lives with that people. Like he dwells with that people, but they sinned and that messed up. And so God comes in as like in the person of Jesus Christ and Jesus, God himself walks with us. Do you see the same thing with God, with God, with God all throughout history? And now Jesus is saying, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, God, my spirit, and what does it say? The last line, he lives with you and now he will be in you. And so here's the reality that I need us all to realize here is that you and I, we have, we are living at this time in history that is so amazing because we literally have God himself through the Holy Spirit living with us. Like if you are a follower of Jesus, you are literally living out the thing that God has designed from the very beginning, that you have a relationship with God. And here's the thing, I know like we come to church and so it's like, oh wow, I get to have a relationship with God. Brian, that's a really deep point you're making. Like, wow, I'm blown away by this deep point. But like, do you realize how amazing it is that we get to have a relationship with God? Like Jesus died so that we could walk with God together. So that we could have access and closeness to God. And it's what God has designed from the beginning. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. God is saying, I'm living with you now. Like, like God moved in. And, and I was thinking about this, you know, um, my, my wife, Katie and I, we got married four years ago. Isn't that crazy? Four years ago, we got married. We're taking it really seriously. Has Jackson ever used that joke before? I stole it from him. He, he's used it, come on guys. Um, so anyways, what happened was, I'm gonna tell you the story of what happened when we got married, okay? Um, we got married, we, we, we were at the, the, the altar together with the pastor and, and we said our vows, it was 105 degrees. I was sweating so much. And then we, we kissed, it was very romantic. And then we went on our honeymoon. And then after our honeymoon, um, like I, I came back and I, I moved into my house. And you know what's crazy? My wife moved into my house with me. Isn't that wild? Like we like, we le legit live together now. That's crazy, right? Are you guys blown away by this? Wow. Yeah, I know. Like give me, give me like your shot, like what? Yeah, we moved in together. But, but imagine this, what if, what if when she moved in with me, like literally I was like, she moved in and she's like, where do I put my stuff? And I like look around, I'm like, 
man, I, I'm so sorry. I don't have any space for you. <laughs> like, I, I should have thought about this, but like, the, like, my rooms are completely full of my stuff. And then I was like, I didn't change my schedule at all. Like, I just kept on living the exact same life I lived before. And, 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 and I was like, man, like, I'm so sorry. I, don't, I, I have zero time for you. Like, I don't have any time at all. And then, like, instead of me, like, like, taking her out on dates and instead of us, like, spending money together, I was like, I'm so sorry, but, like, I already had all my money budgeted in other resources and other places. So, like, like, she would be living with me, but it wouldn't be very good, would it? Like, I'd be in trouble, let's face it. No, what happened was, because I was so excited that she was moving in with me, I made space in my life. And, and I allowed her to come in and, and to renovate my house and to change everything. And it was awesome. It was really good. She taught me how to clean. She taught me how to do dishes. I, know, I, I just thought that you just like stacked them in the sink and then pulled them from the bottom when you needed one. You didn't. It's not true. And so she changed so much about my life. And, and what, what God wants to do in our lives when he moves in is he wants to do the same thing. He wants to renovate. He wants to give us new eyes. He wants to give us a new mind. He wants to give us a new heart. He wants to change it all in the, in a, the most beautiful, the most amazing way. And that's the invitation that we all have right now. So I want to ask if, if, if Peyton and anyone else in the band who's supposed to be up here would come up here. Um, and I want to just share one more thing with you as, as they walk up. And you guys have been amazing. I really appreciate you, you, you locking in tonight. I know we've covered a lot. And I just want to ask you to just, just be locked in for just a couple more minutes here. Because I, I said there was five points and I've only shared four right now. So I got one more for you. And, and here's, here's the last thing that I want us to see. And that's this, that the point of heaven is God with us. So I told you we were covering the whole Bible. And so I just want to tell you one thing from, from the book of Revelation. Now, if you've ever read Revelation, Revelation is, is, is the last book of the Bible and it's about the end of the world. But it's not actually about the end of the world. It's actually about the beginning of all things being made new by God. See, God is gonna create a new heaven and a new earth. And so there's a lot of wild stuff in Revelation, but in Revelation 21 and 22, those two are a picture of what God's gonna do when he makes everything new. And there's this really crazy, beautiful thing in Revelation 21. It's, it's, it's John writing and he's like, this, th like, just to let you know, this is gonna happen. This is like the last moment in history, but it's also the first moment in the new history. And he says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live, what is that word? Say, say, say it with me, he will live with them. What have we been talking about this whole time? Yeah, he will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be, what is that word? With them. What are we talking about this whole time? God with us. God will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. So I want you to look at me. Heaven's going to be amazing, okay? Like your best day here on earth is going to be horrible compared to just heaven. And there's gonna be awesome. There's gonna be no weeping. There's gonna be no pain. There's gonna be no sorrow. 
We're, we're going to have so much purpose. We're not just going to be floating around on clouds playing harps. If that was as exciting to you, I'm sorry. Most people are not excited about that. There's going to be so much purpose. There's going to be so much joy. You're going to have friendship in heaven. You're going to have good food and good drink in heaven. You're going to have like LaCroix and like soda pop and coffee and all of these things. Like there's going to be a lot of amazing things in heaven, okay? What, what now? Okay, I thought, you, I thought you were just suggesting something from heaven. If it's awesome, it'll be there. But the point of heaven is not any of that stuff. Sometimes we're like, man, I can't wait for heaven because we're going to be able to just eat sugar cookies all day. And that's awesome. But the point of heaven is that you get to be with God. That you actually get to walk with God. And I want you to be excited about that. But I also want you to realize you don't have to wait until heaven. And that you can actually have a relationship with God right now where Man, man uh, there, there's this guy who is like a deep theologian and he, he actually said, I want to be so close to God in this life that for like the first 15 minutes of heaven, I don't even realize I'm there because I've just been so close to God that it just is a normal step for me. And I really believe that, that there's going to be a point in heaven that's going to be unlike any experience that we have here on earth. But I also believe that you and I can have such a piece of heaven right now because we get to walk with God right now. Now, the reason I said this and the reason I wanted to share this sermon is, is I have two reasons for it, and I'm wrapping up and then we're going to sing. The first thing I want to say is that, you know, Jackson has these five things that he's been talking about. I know you guys love it when Jackson shares on the, the four Ds of, of, of decision and devotion and discipleship and direction. And especially on devotion about that we want to read the scripture, that we want to pray, that we want to seek God. And, and I know that Jackson's been sharing these five things. And I'm going to see if I can remember them from memory. First off, before phones, before we see our screens, we talk to God. Is that number one? Number two, before we eat food, we fill our bodies with the nourishment of God's word. Number three, every time we drink, we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. Come on, nod at me if, you, if I'm doing good. Number four, we invite God into our entire days. Am I close? I feel like I'm like 50. I got half credit for that answer. And then number five, at the end of the day, we talk to God and tell him about our day. Come on, give it up for me. That was pretty good. That was off the dome. I challenge anyone to do that, top that. Okay, now, Jackson, I just want to tell you this. Like, those things are so amazing and you should all get them tattooed to your forehead. I'm telling you, okay? This is your permission to get a tattoo. I will sign off for any of them. I'm just kidding. I will not. Don't tell your parents I said that. But like, Jackson didn't just invent that because he was bored one day, okay? He wasn't just like, man, like, I got to give these students some homework. You know what I'm saying? Like, there wasn't a moment where like, Pastor Mark came to Jackson and Pastor Mark was like, Jackson, these kids need something good to do to get off their video games, so come up with five things for them to do, all right? He wouldn't have said that. Pastor Mark wants you to play as much video games as you want. I'm kidding. That's not true either. I'm off my notes at this point. No, no, no. Okay. So those five things that Jackson gave you, the reason he gave you those things is because God wants to be with you. And, and those things are ways that we remind ourselves that God wants to be with us. And so when we practice those things, man, you have Christmas break coming up. And there's a lot of cool things that you can do over Christmas break, but you can also, before screens, talk to God. Before you eat, 
ask God to fill you and read his word. Before you drink, ask the spirit to fill you. You can do those things and practice those things because you are literally created to do that. It's been since the beginning of time and it'll go all the way to the end of time. The last thing I wanna do really quick, I just wanna ask everyone to bow their heads and to close their eyes because maybe there's a student in here who has never really truly taken that first step to ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins. And so like we said tonight, man, Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins so you could be with God. And so if anyone here needs to ask Jesus to forgive them and to save them right now so that they could have a personal relationship with Jesus for the first time, I just wanna ask you right now, if you would, just to raise your hand. If there's anyone here who needs that, awesome. Thank you so much for raising your hand. That's amazing. Anybody else? Awesome. So for that individual who raised their hand, I just wanna ask you really quick just to pray a prayer after me, just to say, dear God, I love you. Thank you so much that you created me to be with you. God, I know my sin separates me from you, but I also know that you have forgiven me of my sin because of Jesus dying on the cross. Please forgive me. Please help me to follow you. Please help me to live my life for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.